This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury. And in the studio with me today, I have Ali Johan and our friend Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. It's been two and a half, almost three years since the three of us have been in the same space at the same time. Nothing really has changed that much, has it? (laughs) Well, Richard, you've gotten a little bit uh, heavier. I've got a little bit of a bunchit going on. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Well, you know, it's signs of a good life, right? Yes. So, yes. so they try to tell me anyway. Yes. You must have had a good holiday, eh? Uh, well, something like that, yes. <laughs> I, I did certainly eat a lot, that is for, for sure. <laughs> okay. But enough about my waistline, Daniel. Okay. Uh, moving on to what we've got on today's show, of course. A show in three parts, as usual. We've got some launches. Uh, we've got a bit of a discussion coming up halfway through the show about electric vehicles and then a used car guide. At the end, it's a Land Rover Discovery Sports 2 liter. Who's kicking us off with the news then, Ali? So, news this week, uh, we've got some car launches and uh, we're going to start with Renault. Uh, Renault's 2022 electric compact car, the Zoe, arrives in Malaysia, uh, which we already told you about a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We already told you. And and now it's official. Mm. Two variants of the Zoe will be available with prices starting from $163,000. And this comes after Daniel spotted them being tested on Malaysian roads. Yes, I actually went to Sagambut Dalam, which is where the uh, Renault test centre is. Uh-huh, you were checking out Zoe's on the road. No, I was looking for this girl called Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly I saw this, this car whizzing past me and going into the Renault area. And I said, hey, the car is also called Zoe and it's an electric car and it's uh-huh. back in Malaysia because they used to sell the Zoe before. In fact, the Zoe is one of the first few electric cars launched in Malaysia. The first was its sibling, the Nissan Leaf. Zoe came after that. But at that time, nobody wanted an electric car. Everybody mm-hmm. was against the whole electric movement. And so they just slowly disappeared. Now comes an all-new Zoe. It's a little bit late to Malaysia, but I think Renault, you know, once bitten, don't want to be too shy. Right, right. They waited for everybody to get excited. They've brought in this all-new Zoe. Now, this is the best part. The price, 163,000 ringgit, which makes it the cheapest official electric car in Malaysia. Aha. Okay. There is a cheaper electric vehicle, not car, which is the Hyundai Kona, mm-hmm. but that's a crossover. So as a car, this is currently the cheapest available in Malaysia. Now, my question is this. Will Malaysians who are complaining about all the high prices of electric vehicles and cars say, hey, I'll go and buy a Zoe? Mm. Mm. Or is it like what we said long time ago? Only rich people like electric right, car, right. and they like all the fancy ones, you know. Yeah, I think it could be down to the spec. Let's go through the specs okay. and see if okay. people might be interested, right? So this car uh, features a driving range of between 386 to 395 kilometers on a full charge. It can charge from zero to 100 percent in just three hours, right. using an AC charger. So if you think about it, okay, say like 350 kilometers driving range, like let's take a like like an average. You can reach uh, most yeah. destinations mm. easily to charge again. But uh, if you're using it in city, you, you're not going to use 350 kilometers. Exactly, exactly. So, what, 30 kilometers, maybe 40 kilometers a day. Yeah. So you can, it'll last you the whole week. Yeah. And then on the weekend, you charge it at home. Yeah. It takes, what, Ali, three hours? Yeah. Easily done, you know? 
And then after that, you can use it for the following week. So it's a perfect city commuter car. But how many electric car buyers want to buy a Renault badge because of snob appeal? Now, remember this. Uh, sorry, uh, I have to add this. Best-selling electric vehicle in Europe, undisputed for years, Renault Zoe. I can tell you all about that. My my cousin sells these for a living. That's what really? he does, yeah. He, his, he, and he lives... On an island uh, the south of the UK uh, called the Isle of Wight. And above and beyond, he says his bestseller is, is the Renault Zoe. Exactly. And how long has he been selling Zoe's? Oh, a, a long while, since since they first came out. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. been eight, nine years, and yeah. they're still the best-selling. Yeah. yeah. So we've got Richard to say that it's best buy. Yeah. But that's just my opinion and his opinion. Correct, you know, I mean, correct. If, well, he's doing well, put it that way. Yeah, and the Isle of Wight. Got yeah, a nice see. house, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Anyway, uh, what else we got then? Uh, yeah, so a bit more about the car. It looks... Sporty, compact, and in its segment, or I guess, I guess its competitors, there's the uh, Ionic 5. Which the Hyundai is, Kona. The Hyundai Kona, and that's almost 100,000 more. Exactly, exactly. Then the Hyundai Kona is a little bit more, and there's a, there's a lower price Kona also, mm. uh, because there's two battery sizes. And then you have, you know, the Kia EV6, mm. the new Mazda MX-30, which is just under 200,000. But again, you know, the new Nissan Leaf is also coming in. Will they... Sell. Hmm. That's the question. Snob appeal. Snob appeal for electric cars in Malaysia. It's a decent car. It's doing well. Yes, and it's and it's tall on the inside, so it's yeah. great for you, Richard. Yeah. You'll be making jokes about its wide as well soon, won't you? No, you know, no, no, tall no. and wide. Yeah, I'm expecting that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, you know, no. I have to watch. I have to watch. You know, I, I'm not seeing you for a long time. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. More on the local front. Uh, mm. This week we learned that PDRM will mm. be utilizing Produa MyV as their patrol cars. Well done. I'm saying good job on that. Of course, they didn't buy it. Mm. It was a CSR project. Oh. By Perdua, yeah. Yes. But I think what Perdua is trying to say is, hey, give us a try. Here are some MyVs. If thousands of Malaysians love it and it's and it's reliable and it's easy to drive and it's can nip in, you know, our, our towns are getting very crowded. Aha, uh-huh. yes, they are. So previously, PDRM have used many different cars from yes. the Proton Wajah. They yes. had a Honda Civic as well, and yes. I've seen a Proton X Seventy as well at roadblocks. My favorite is the Mitsubishi Lancer. Ooh. Yeah, looks powerful. Yes. High-speed highway chases. That's yes, right. yes. Right. But they've, they've, they've sort of, you know, chased away themselves. Mm. <laughs> you don't see them anymore. <laughs> yeah, so and now the Myvi is dubbed as the king of the Malaysian roads due to its reliability and it's easy to run and maintain. Mm. So we are thrilled to see this car being used as a police patroller. Yes. Good for urban patrolling where, like you said, traffic is bad. Lanes yes. can be narrow and hard to navigate as well. Mm. Uh, parking will be easy for my yes. Myvi. But can it hold up in a chase? Without traffic, what chase? Even the guy in a supercar, where is he going to go? <laughs> and there's he, he, speed bumps and there's potholes. Exactly. And, yeah, well, they, they might get a two-kilometer lead and then there's a, there's yeah. a traffic jam. There's a hold yeah. up. Then the MyVee will just slowly come, hello, brother, <laughs> pull over. Right. The Lancer, for example, the, right. it gave the illusion of power, you know, when yes. a police patrol it, car scary drives looking. by yeah, yeah, yeah. in a Lancer. But yeah. would it have the same illusion in my view? You see, I think that's a good point. The fact that it doesn't give that illusion, people think, oh, I can outrun this car, no problem. And then the next junction, <laughs> like I said, yeah. they get stopped. It'll be a picture moment. Yeah. You know? You're right, though. I mean, what you've got in the notes here as well, you're going to fit it with a turbo maybe, make yeah. it go a bit faster. You could make a Myvi look meaty. 
you you've know, seen them on the road. Yeah, you've yeah. seen them on the road. They look very nice if they're done up. But the PDRM is not going to do this because there's no reason to. Right, right, right. And how many have they obtained then? Do we know? Five, five, five. units. This is just a test project. You know, I think after they use them, they they evaluate them. Uh, maybe if they've got some sensors on them to see whether they're you know performing well, and then maybe PDRM and say, okay, the next batch to replace our older fleet. Hey, let's get some MyVs. Mm, yeah. And the new MyVs are really well kitted as well. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. Safety features are there. Comfort is there. And actually, the rear seat is not that small, Richard. You can get in. No? I don't want to get in the back of one of these particular MyVs. <laughs> what? Well, because they're police cars. Getting in the back makes me look like a criminal. No, you're doing research. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I get into the back, then I look like a criminal. <laughs> we'll come for you. Mm. Uh, okay, global launch time. Um, yes. Now... Aston Martin just launched this two-seater open cockpit design concept called the Aston Martin DBR22. Mm. The sports car was handled uh, by the company's in-house coach builder, Q by Aston Martin, a company in conjunction with Aston Martin's 10th anniversary. Like a Q from, from James, James Bond. Bond. Ah. Uh, Could be, right? Madam Q. Madam Q, yeah. Right? Madam Q, yes. So I was going to say, it looks like a James Bond car. It does look Immediately. it. Yes. Uh, we don't know how, how many of these will be made as yet because they mm. just launched it at the car week in, in Mexico um, and I think they're trying to get indication of how many customers they can get from this launch but I mean something that looks as good as this and the kind of money that's sitting out there they'll sell maybe 40, 50, 60 bang in the first week you know? in Dubai yep. y- yes <laughs> and then they'll be built <laughs> yeah. and then you know the next 40, 50 will go to China yeah, 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 yeah. kitted with a 5.2 litre V12 twin turbo AE31 engine mm. pretty powerful car well you know Aston Martins are all powerful they're all good-looking. Mm-hmm. They're all hand-built. They all come from UK. They're all still very British. So why not? And you know, Aston Martin is an F1 now. For a second, I thought you were describing me then. Ah, <laughs> almost there, Richard. Almost there. <laughs> were you hand-built? Uh, well, <laughs> parts of me. <laughs> uh, it's nice to be back in the studio. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we should probably wrap up with that, though. Yeah. Uh, it's expected to have an eight-speed automatic gearbox with what they call torque shaping. What do you know about torque shaping, Daniel? Anything? You know, it's like shaping the torque. Right, on that note, let's take a break. We'll be right back after these messages, of course. Moving on to our discussion, which electric vehicles can we all afford right now? Tuned in to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Cruise Control. I'm in the studio with Ali Johan and, of course, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. If you're only just tuning in, uh, we've still got a ways to go. We just spoke about some launches. The Renault Zoe, the Aston Martin DBR22, PDRM are to use some MyVs, for now at least anyway. And now we're going to be talking about which electric vehicles we can all afford right now. So which can we afford? Mm. Now... This electric car talk has been going on for years, you know. But that last one year, it's been a hot topic because why? Grey importers are bringing them in. Car manufacturers are bringing them in. The whole world is talking about, you know, movement towards electric cars. Mm. Then there are some people saying about lithium mining. Some people are saying this, that. Okay, there's good and bad. There's, there's like and don't like. Fine. All that is fine. Let's talk Malaysia now. What can we afford? So it was quite funny. I was walking in a sh- brand new shopping mall. I won't mention the mall. And it was quite empty. And I was going to meet some friends who live in the neighborhood. They said, ah, come to this shopping mall. There's a very nice kopitiam here. As I was walking, I saw a six-seater 
electric golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> parked there it was for you know elderly people to move around and you know pregnant mothers and all that. and I looked at it and said you know looking at that golf cart that's probably the only electric vehicle I can afford right now so I took a picture and I went and joined my friends and we started talking about all kinds of things and one of them you know every time I meet people at some point if they are if they are car enthusiasts the word electric car will definitely come out so mm. one of them said hey you know there's a, there's, a, there's this new electric car coming to the market and all that from China I said yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he started talking about what do you think the price is going to be? So I said, okay, la. Uh, rumor has it it's about 140000 But, you know, it's coming from China. We don't know about the incentives and this and that and everything else. He said, oh, you know, China make the best batteries and everything else. So I said, can you afford it? He said, well, you know, I'm at that age now. I can afford it because I've got my EPF money. I've retired. You know, my children are educated. But, you know, I'm still worried about resale value and everything else. I said, okay. Now, then the, the few other guys there were like, oh, don't buy electric car, you know, keep keep to a petrol car, you know, let's wait, you know, let's wait a few years. Uh, anyway, you know, it, it's charging infrastructure. I said, guys, there's enough charging infrastructure right now to get you going. Mm. And you should be actually, if you live in a landed property, you should actually be charging at home yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Do, public charging is basically for emergency and for long-distance travel. Yes, if you go to Klantan in Trungano, it's difficult to charge your electric car around there. There are no proper stations and everything else. The hotels are not equipped as yet. I mean, there are one or two stations, there are one or two charging points, but that's about it. So it's coming. It's coming. It's fine. Let's Let's think about it. But... Why is it that we can't afford electric cars right now? For the average Malaysian, it's all about exchange rate. Mm. Now, why I say exchange rate is because by purchasing power. Now, the electric car in Malaysia is already tax-free. There's already enough incentives in terms of you know free road tax, and you got a lot of. There's still a lot of free charging available around for public, and to pay, it's not expensive because why? Our tariff, our TNB tariff, is very reasonable. I mean, yeah. Richard, in the UK. What's the, t- the tariff for electricity? Four or five times more? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yes, and still people don't complain. That's right. Well, mm, they complain less. Yes, but against fuel prices. Right, yeah. Okay, but fuel yeah. prices there are not subsidized. Yeah. So the same thing for Malaysia, it'll get there soon. Now, if I wanted to buy an electric car right now, if I'm forced to buy an electric car, say for some reason my work or society or my 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 website needs to get an electric car to show that you know I'm, I'm committed to the cost, the cheapest electric car right now is as I have put into this article, 146,000 ringgit. Okay, starting from 146,000 ringgit. So that's for the Hyundai Kona, the base model. You go a little bit up, you see the Renault Zoe, which we just talked about, 163,000. After that, it's 190, 250, 300, 500, 700. They're all wonderful vehicles. Mm-hmm. And you know that the Chinese-made electric cars are coming to the country. But already their prices overseas, if you do a direct conver- you know, uh, uh, currency conversion, and some of those, those prices are with local incentives. Like say in the UK, you get, I think, a few thousand pounds incentive. Yeah. In Australia, you get. In Japan and China, you get. So if you, if you do a direct conversion, assuming that the local office doesn't make any money, it is still a very expensive vehicle, 130, 140, 150,000. And these are with small batteries. That means 250,000 kilometer range, 300 kilometer range, which you still can use as a city commuter. But are you willing to pay that kind of money? Because majority of Malaysians are buying cars below 100,000. What are those cars? Proton X50, 
per dua ultra, the new per dua ultra, per dua arus, uh, the Proton X70, which is just above 100,000. Yeah. So you you can see that, you know, the, the the majority are buying those cars. Then you got Honda City, Toyota Vios, uh, you know, Toyota Yaris. BRV. BRV. Mm. Yeah, all these are below 100,000. So that's the benchmark for, say, maybe 50% of Malaysian car buyers. Then you got those who can go from 100,000 to 150,000. But those who go 100 to 150,000, they have different needs. For them it's you know, I I want a car, I'm moving up the ladder, but I don't want three cars. I want two cars. So the husband and wife will say, "Can we really afford to have two electric cars?" Then also those living in condominiums. Yes, some condominiums have electric car chargers, but is it easy to plug in? Is it convenient to use? Can I go in there, plug in the car, and actually make not worry that somebody's going to unplug it? You know, you got all kinds of issues because why they are not fast chargers. Fast mm, chargers mm. when you plug in, it's plugged in. These are you know normal three-pin plug. You know, now high-end condominiums different. High-end condominiums have proper charging system and all that. But then again, it's again rich people, yeah. you know. Yeah, who can afford those vehicles exactly. at the top end? Yeah, and and sometimes they are the ones yeah. who pay for the charging facilities. Yeah, yeah. So again, what is it that we can afford right now? At our currency exchange rate, if it was, for example, fifty percent better, wow! Immediately these cars become seventy, eighty thousand. But we know that's not going to happen. Mm. So let's say it becomes thirty over percent better. That means the Singapore dollar to our ringgit is say times two, which is, I think, if it happens, it's fantastic news. <laughs> Forget about the US dollar. Just just talk about the Singapore dollar. Immediately some of these electric cars come below a hundred thousand ringgit. Mm-hmm. So. How do you balance this? Can this happen? We have never heard our currency get better against the Sing dollar or US dollar, mm. so we know it's not going to happen. I mean, and it's such a shame because you know we, we with all the, even with these incentives being thrown at electric vehicles, it's still like you say out of range of most everyday people. You're looking at cars below hundred thousand ringgit, and you, like you mentioned before, you got the, the uh, sorry two hundred thousand, uh, the Nissan Leaf, right. uh, the Mini Cooper right. SE. I think yeah, hundred eighty thousand. Yes, yeah, hundred eighty thousand ringgit for. I mean, how much is a normal Mini Cooper? Two hundred plus, right? And it's your second car. You, you may as well pick up something like a Myvi, you mm-hmm. know, or, or something a little bit bigger, because. It's just a heck of a lot cheaper, and you're saving a heck of a lot of money. You're not then worrying about I've got to replace my battery in ten years' time or whatever. Right. We know you can get the spare parts from Myvis. We know that they're cheap and ubiquitous. Yeah. Right now, it's just not making economical sense for anybody unless you've got throwaway money to buy one. Um, if you look at the current, like say Volvo XC40 Recharge and the Mercedes E Series, they're all sold out for now. Right. Yeah. So that means there is a demand. Yeah. There is a demand, but. It's not like they sold out because they got 10,000 units. They only had like 100, 200 units. Oh, right, right. They didn't have enough units to supply. Now, take, for example, another way of looking at this. We have a place called Putrajaya. Mm. A lot of government people live in Putrajaya. Mm. They have a lot of housing there. Mm. Are they using electric cars? No. <clears throat> Doesn't seem so. It'll be so easy for them to use electric cars because, first of all, the roads are wide. Yeah. There's charging infrastructure there. You know, for them to go to work and no come back. No potholes. No potholes. <laughs> the driving distance is maybe three kilometers yeah. a day, four nice kilometers roads a day. as well. Yes. Yeah. They could probably use a commuter electric car for a whole month without charging it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why aren't they buying electric cars by the dozens? Simply because they can't afford it. They're mm-hmm. government servants. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. earn that much. You know, they got to think about their children's schooling, education, housing, food, everything else, and everything else is going on in price. So, again, if they're going to buy a new car, they're rushing out to buy an Alsa. Mm. 
They are rushing out to buy a Persona. They are rushing out to buy an X50. I mean, it's something I'd love to do. I'd love to own an electric car. Mm. I just can't justify the economics of it yet. Not And, yet, lah. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Mm. So, so what would your sweet spot be, pricing for an electric car? Be realistic. Brand new. Forget I, about your expect salary for you I right now. I don't get an expect salary. <laughs> I don't know, one forty maybe. Okay, so one forty, Ali. Just above one hundred thousand. I think it should be very competitive yeah. with other petrol cars that can fit a lot of people and have. Yeah, I'll go with Ali actually. Yeah, more but, utility yeah. type. Maybe. Yes. So yeah. I will say exactly the same thing. Hundred thousand. Yeah. Electric car. Give me at least three hundred odd driving distance. Yeah. Yeah. Come from a reputable manufacturer. Yeah. If it's from China, say Great Wall. Yeah, you know, yeah. or or maybe you know Chang'an, yeah, because they've been around for a long time. Dongfeng, they've been around for a long time. Of course, these names might not sound very sexy, but they've been around. Of course, the one that I really would like to own is the BYD, mm -mm. because they make the batteries also. All oh, right. So you know, when BYD sells you an electric car, the battery backup is there, the battery management yeah. system, yeah. the software. But even the BYDs that are coming to Malaysia supposedly are going to be priced hundred and fifty thousand and above. So. How do you do it? And that's a topic for you guys at home to mm. have a debate about over lunch and dinner and whatever it is that you're doing, uh, wherever you're driving from. Yeah, let us know. Uh, get in touch with us via WhatsApp, in fact. 018-789-8899. Mine take us a while to get back, but we will get back to you, Maddie. Uh, we're going to take a short break, though, and after these messages, we'll be back with a used car guide. It is the Land Rover Discovery Sport 2-litre. I know you've missed these reviews. Anyway, we'll be right back on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm in the studio with Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my and Ali Johan, of course. This is Cruise Control. Uh, we've been speaking about car launches. We've had the Renault Zoe, the Aston Martin DBR22, the PDRM using MyVs. Uh, a bit of a debate right now about electric vehicles and which we can afford or can't afford, as it seems right now. Uh, but we are going to wrap up the show with a used car guide. It's the Land Rover Discovery Sport 2-litre. Daniel. You know, Richard, I was thinking, you know, let's do a new car review, you know, and everything else. But then the moment Ali said, you're back in the studio with uh -huh. us, you know, I got to get something British. You could I, have a cup of tea or a Bakewell tart or something. And yes. You, you, you come back with this. Yes. And then after I did it, then I realized it's not British, it's no. Indian. Yeah. <laughs> Jaguar Land Rover. It's, it's owned by Tata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you, you give me my left hand and take away my right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But anyway, honestly, the reason why I brought up this car was simply because I met a lady, uh, she's a friend of a friend, and she was this talking to me. not Zoe, is it? No, no, no. 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 Zoe, Zoe has left the building. Zoe <laughs> okay. has left the building. That, that story, keep it aside, please. Okay. My wife is listening. Anyway, so <laughs> so I, I met a friend of a friend, and you know we, we were just talking, just shooting the breeze, and then she said, hey, you know, um, since you know about cars, I'm thinking of buying a used SUV, right? So I said, oh, okay, what's your budget? That's how we get the conversation going. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about the budget. She's talking about what she drives right now. And she wanted something with a bit of luxury and everything else. So initially, I, I mentioned the Range Rover Evoque because that is about the same price as this if you buy it used for the same year and everything else. Then she said, oh, okay, show me a picture. And then I showed her the picture. She said, yeah, I've seen it on the road. It looks quite nice. What about after sales warranty, blah, blah, blah. You know, and we were talking about it. And then she said, you know, 
I, w- I would like if it had a third row seat. I said, why? No, once in a while, you know, I've, I've you know, uh, some kids coming over, you know, and, you know, they're my, my kids' friends. And, you know, it'll be nice if we can all go out together. You know, a third row seat would be useful. Mm. And then also, if I put down the third row seats, I get extended luggage room because the Evoque is not a, is not a seven-seater and it's shorter, you know, and everything else. So I said, okay, you know, then I started thinking, my, my brain started working. So I thought about Mercedes-Benz, I thought about BMW and all this. And then everything was getting very expensive because her budget was very tight. Not to say she's got no money, but she said, I don't want to spend more than this because I think this is how much, you know, I'm willing to, to, to fork out. I thought about it, thought about it. And then I said, let me, I, I got to go home and, and do a bit more research. So the discovery spot was not on my radar at all. Not on my radar at all. I never thought about it because they didn't sell many. And, you know, the last time we test drove it was many years ago. There is no new model out, you know, to excite us. So it wasn't on our radar. We were not thinking about it. As we were driving home, a nice red one went past me. And I said, hey, Discovery Sport. Two litre, not a big engine, because the others had big engines. Uh, Seven seater, decent looking. And, you know, let's go back and check the price because I'm not sure what the price was. Now, when this car was launched in 2015, I remember taking it out. And I liked it because it's a new car, it's, you know, it's Land Rover and everything else. It drove very nicely. It was also very sleek. It's not big and boxy. Yeah. Now, if you look at the Vela, the Vela is big and boxy. Yeah. Good looking, yeah. still big and boxy. Range Rovers are even tall and upright. The Discoveries are even bigger. Mm. Mm. Defender, too big. So this car is actually, you know, about a Mazda CX-8 size. You know, it's not too, it's not too wide. And she's not taking big And it's kids. a little bit rounder in, in places, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And if you look at it, it actually looks like a like a longer Evoque. Ah. The nose in front, the side profile, it's all Evoque there. But here's the problem. It carries a Land Rover badge. Mm-hmm. It's from Range Rover, but it doesn't carry a Range Rover badge. There's nothing there that says Range Rover, even though it shares a, the same engine, uh, terrain response features as the first generation Evoque. But that's a Range Rover. Now, I don't know what happened in UK with in Land Rover and, and Jaguar and, and and Range Rover, but they seem to think, okay, Land Rover, uh, middle class, lah, you know? Range Rover, super class, lah, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you look at the features and the drivetrain and everything, it's the same. Maybe the leather quality. Maybe the fact that the plastics are a little bit more harder. But if you look inside, it touch and feel points, it's almost a Range Rover. I started doing some research and then I looked at the price and that was quite shocking. For a seven-year-old vehicle, it's depreciated by a lot. Because these cars were coming in at three nine, and later on the prices inched up a little bit more. But now they're 140, 150, 160, 170,000. And if you check and see, most of them are one-owner cars. One-owner cars means the guy bought it or the girl bought it seven years ago. She kept it, he kept it, maintained it with Jaguar Land Rover. They never even went atop of a curb, you know. They never even probably went into a deep rut. You know, it never saw any off-road duty. So it's been a city commuter vehicle. Right, yeah. Two-litre engine. A lot of them are low mileage, you know, 120, 130, 140 kilometres at best. So you know they've not even gone, you know, cross-country or, you know, uh, overland, you know. So these are people who actually use this purely as a luxury vehicle you know and it's not that expensive when you think about it in the premium segment 400,000 is not a lot especially seven years ago so now at 145 to 160,000 ringgit you're getting a pretty decent car now 
I have to mention this. In the early days, this vehicle had a lot of recalls. A lot. Okay? Now, why they had recalls? Every vehicle has recalls. But the recalls were continuous. Some of the things that were recalled were basically things like leaking fuel lines, faulty brakes, a lot of electronic issues, uh, gearbox issues. Um, you know, this one had the rotary gearbox, the one that rises as you as you start the car. Oh, nice. Then, then you turn it, you know. So all these nice features, which was also used in Jaguar, because Jaguar and Land Rover same company. So it's got all these nice luxury features, but then there were recalls. Now, if this car was bought officially from uh, Syme Derby or, uh, you know, Jaguar Land Rover Malaysia, they would have done all the recalls already. You could actually, So you don't need to worry about that. It's exactly, done. exactly. Right. Yeah. So what you can do is you can actually take the plate number before you buy the car, go to the, the dealership, the HQ, and say, listen, I'm buying this car. Can you check whether all the recalls have been done? I'm sure they'll be happy to tell you that. Also, you can check whether the car has been properly maintained. Now, they'll be able to tell you whether this person has been coming in for the first five years and then stop because they had a five-year uh, warranty on it. Now, some people, because think about it, people who buy this car, the first owners, they're all rich. They're all big money. You know, this is probably the third car in the house. It's never the first car. Mm-hmm. So, they would have done all the maintenance. So, they might even continue on the sixth and seventh year because they're not doing a lot of mileage. How much? You go and service 800 bucks, 1,000 bucks? Ah, that's nothing for these people. You know, these are the people who live in Tamantun, Bangsa, Kenils, <laughs> you know. That's where so, Ali hangs out. <laughs> ah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> not where he lives, <laughs> where he hangs out. So, they, if they've done all the maintenance, they've looked after the car, you know the recalls have been done, A. B, the maintenance has been done. C, you know the mileage is true. D, you know whether the car has been flooded. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Because if it was flooded, they'll definitely take it back. Now, if you're going to buy a car like that, you can be rest assured you're going to get another four or five years of reasonably good motoring experience. And how much will it lose? It won't lose that much. Maybe 50000 60000 in the next five years. That's ten, fifteen thousand 15000 a year. Not a big deal, actually. Remember, this is a premium product. Okay? This is not something cheap and cheerful. So you have to understand all this. Next thing is, there are some grey importers who brought these cars in two, three years after it was launched. Now, you can risk buying from a grey importer, but a grey importer will not give you the report for recalls. The grey importer will not be able to give you all the updates that was done to the software because the terrain response and all were updated as they went along. So, if you notice the price in the used car market, the grey imported versions are the cheaper ones. The ones that were bought from Jaguar Land Rover Malaysia are the ones that are slightly more expensive. So, today, I'm saying this. If you're thinking of a seven-seat premium vehicle that's not too bulky, not too outlandish, and you don't want something very common because the X5 is, you know, it's a seven-seater, but it's so common. Mm. You know, the Mercedes GL, common. There's so many around. They're good cars. They're good cars, but they're common. The Audi Q8, nice, big, but common also, and also very much older. Think about this. It's a decent vehicle. Hmm. I think there is one parked on Ali Street. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not feeling it though, no. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I, What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? What you mentioned about the other Range Rovers and Land Rovers, which are boxy and muscular, those yes. are the kind of shapes that I was into, especially with this brand. It gives you that kind of stability yeah. and powerful looking. Functional. The discoveries, you know. Yeah, you, you're right. I, I used to see them on the road when I was a kid, and I'm like, eventually I want one of those. I mean, a Defender. they don't, yeah, exactly, the Defender, they don't look particularly comfortable. Yes. You know that they're going to go through any stream and up any kind of they're the yeah if you're looking at a Land Rover for me that's what I'd be I'd be looking you at. want big bulky brawn yeah yeah I mean after all that we've we've uh, considered seven seats 
the shape I, I can live with the shape being not that sharp but no but if you're paying 150 160,000 you must like the shape because you got to look yeah, at it every day when you yeah, get yeah, in yeah. and out of the car that is true yeah. Yeah. yeah but as a second car maybe you know see this would be great for the wife right you know hmm. i'm not saying you know anything else but you know it's it's easier for them to manage yeah it's it's i, I might even say it's a bit more feminine hmm. i know some people are going to be angry but you know <laughs> And his email address is <laughs> because he's not big and brawny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Thanks for that. Then um, we should wrap up for the day, shouldn't we? Yep. Well, it's been nice to be back in the studio, and hopefully we'll be doing it again next week, unless there's some ridiculous thing like a you know global pandemic. But let's let's hope not, and touch wood, and do all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you did miss any part of the show, download it from where you normally get it from. We recommend the BFM app. That's in the Apple App Store or Google Play. We'll be back same time, same place next week here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.